Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Beer Bayonets. Of course, I am your host, Mo. Tonight's guest is a cloud practice manager uh, for the largest tech cloud company in the southeastern United States. He's also a pastor of the Resting Place Church down in Florida. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Joel. Hey, thanks so much, Mo. Ah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great to have you. I really appreciate you having uh, being on the show. Uh, obviously, yeah. we go way back, um, <laughs> but you know, so one of the things as a pastor that I would want your expertise on here, <laughs> if there's one thing, the Griswolds, you know, Ralphie, all these <laughs> other you know Christmas movies teach us is that this is a time of happiness and joy to the world and you know peace on earth goodwill towards men christmas carols pumpkin spice lattes like all this shit that makes people really happy but the reality of it is right that's what that's the media but i don't really know one family that has that epic christmas experience or holiday experience if you will Right, like I don't think that's that, to me that I've never met anyone that's like no, the holidays were fantastic. Uh, my in laws got along, the turkey was perfect. Chris, believe it or not, Amazon <laughs> Amazon gifts showed up early. It was weird. Like I don't, I have nothing to complain about. I've never met anybody like that. Right? Yeah, um, neither have I. And neither to me, I. the holidays, right? That's what the movies teach us. That's what the mainstream media teaches us. But in my mind, I'm thinking about the kid sitting in the barracks on guard duty, eating a hot pocket by himself in a barracks room, right? I'm thinking about uh, a family friend of ours who the father took his life uh, years ago, five days before Christmas, and left behind a family of five kids, right? That's what those kids remember, right? That's more familiar, unfortunately, right? And then, you know, just looking up, I don't know if you know this, we are currently, year's not over, we are already at over 47,000 suicides for this year alone. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. That's that's just in the U.S. Worldwide, it's over 700,000. Like, that's almost a million people. Gone. Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. Right? That's the reality of it. Yeah. So, you know, I'll hand it over to you. But just what are your words to that kid sitting in the barracks, that college kid sitting in their dorm away sure. from home for their first year? You know, you, please go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, for centuries now, uh, a lot of the Christmas story, you know, whether Regardless of where people's level of faith are or not, if they're, if they're atheists to Christian to you know Muslim for or, or even you know, regardless of their level of faith, a lot of people can at least recognize that a major part of the world associates the Christmas time, the birth of Jesus. Sure, right? Yeah. I mean, regardless if you believe in Jesus or not, if that's your if that's your cup of tea or not, right? Yeah. Um, we can at least. Fairly agree that this is at least a time where people at least recognize that Jesus came into the world. But mm-hmm. 
like everything, there's a lot of cookie cutter versions of the truth that are not actually the full truth. Right. Okay. And so when Jesus actually came to the earth, um, his life was at risk. In fact, it was, it was, it was actually ordered by Herod, uh, by Herod, you know, to have almost all the firstborn and where Jesus was to be slaughtered because Jesus's life was targeted for death. Right. Oh, and that, that was a king at the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. So, you know, a, a very, very high ranking king, you know, in that time, you know, still under Roman occupation, but kind of like the king under, you know, uh, under under Roman rule. Sure. Uh, was was basically ordered to, uh, to assassinate or execute Jesus because they he did not want this baby boy to become the king of all kings. They, they, so at the time, they were aware that the prophecy was around this time there was supposed to be coming a king. Right. And and so... Well, obviously, really, you, you eliminate the competition. That's of course. Capitalism of course. 101. Yeah, I mean, or, or human survival, for that matter, right? Yeah, right. And, and what, what a lot of people don't realize is that this is actually a story of hope escaping death. Okay. This is like the birth of Jesus is actually the story of a vulnerable child without no armies, no, I mean, think about it. The only defense that Jesus had was a carpenter and a teenage mom. True. And somehow this baby boy who is God, who we believe is God in the flesh was able to escape certain death in that time. Now, of course, we know the story, you know, Joseph gets this dream in the middle of the night. He's told to go to a faraway land, but without, without that peace, without that, without that peace, it was like, it was a certain death. So it's funny you bring this up, Mo, about suicide. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are experiencing, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, despair, a lot of discouragement during this time. Um, but I think the most important thing I can share is that the very story of the birth of Jesus is hope in defiance of death mm. and you know and nice. so like, like you know what I mean? yeah you know because i, like I mean think about it like he was supposed to be killed what 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 defense did he have what defense did no, he what, literally what, defenseless there's nothing defenseless. More, there's nothing more defenseless than a baby a baby with a carpenter dad and a teen mom mm-hmm. you know um, with and really, and really, I was marriage. gonna say, I was gonna say, the carpenter stepdad. That's yeah, not, not, not really, not really has bought into the whole thing. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, yeah, sure, I had this dream, so we'll head west. But uh, if things get rocky, you're on your own. You know, like let's be know, honest. Let's be honest here, you know, stepdads, you know, uh, uh, shout out to all the stepdads out there. Absolutely. I love mine. If it's your life or the stepkid that you're not even sure. Let's be honest. Like, you know, this this ain't my kid. That's, uh, yeah. But but that's that's really, you know, that's the essence of the the Christmas story or the birth of Christ is hope hope and defiance of death. And I think um, that's, that could relate, that could relate to someone right now. Like there's. Can you still hear me? Just, yeah, yeah oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. That could relate to someone right now that there's someone who could be even be contemplating death. Um, but this is the time to have hope. Like if we could just remember that that, you know, if if God was able to sustain a baby in in the in the uh, in the time of certain death, it's possible that God might be able to sustain those who are listening one more day. One more day. Well said. Uh, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's like obviously right. This is a stressful time, you know. Um, like I said, it doesn't matter. Like I've never ever heard 
one family, one person, whoever it may be that experienced zero stress during the holidays. Now, talking about stress, uh, you're kind of a underdog story in yourself in that, in my opinion, there are a few things far less stressful than leadership. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> you, so for y'all who don't know, uh, obviously Joel is a uh, cl- cloud practice manager, very very prestigious title in charge of, a, you know, he's got many leather-bound books and his apartment <laughs> smells of rich mahogany. Um, it does. He's it kind does. of a big deal. But you, um, you, know, you went kind of overnight from being in charge of, what, like maybe five people uh, at your tech job to now a congregation of yep. people at a church. And, yep. you know, when I think about it, so there's really the reason I had you, uh, you know, we, we talked about this and, and having you on the show is uh, I one thing I have, right? Obviously, everyone is a leader. I don't care who you are. Like, mm. You could be a freaking big brother. You're in charge of those kids. You know, you're a, mm. uh, you could be a school teacher. You're in charge of your classroom. You could be mm-hmm. a freaking commander in the military. You're in charge of hundreds and hundreds of people. But the one thing you don't never had or never had was formal training on yeah. leadership, right? <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. I could at least say I was sent to schools in the military to kind of give me a guideline. You never had that. You went from, hey, I'm in charge of three people at work to now I have, you know, 100 plus people in my congregation of the yeah. neediest most broken individuals in my city and they're all looking at me for decisions, for help, for hope, for, Hey, fix me. Um, and you're not that old, right? You're, you're, you're a young guy. So what, what would you tell people out there who maybe are just find themselves now in a new leadership position where it'd be like a promotion at work or, you know, maybe they became a single parent. Now they're the height of the household. Like maybe that, that spouse, uh, deployed and now the wife is not running everything. Like what, what are you, some of your lessons learned that you had learned the hard way? Uh, lessons learned how to hard, learn the hard way. Oh man. Um, mistakes are inevitable. You know, I think one of the first steps in taking the initiative of leadership is, is ridding the expectation of perfection. Um, there's, there's really, you know what I mean? There's, um, there's the, there's something called the comfort zone and the comfort zone is, uh, is really, is, is actually has two walls to it. The first wall of the comfort zone is the fear of rejection. The other wall of the comfort zone is the fear of failure. And so, um, that's like for some people, those walls have closed in really, really tight. And unfortunately, if we keep listening to fear as our coach, then we'll never lead. We'll never lead. So, you know, sometimes you almost have to just break past the fear of rejection and the fear of failure. And the more space you spread these two walls out, eventually there's going to be enough space for other people to come in and be led by you. Um, And so I think, the you know, you know, the need to be perfect, the need to get it right all the time, uh, that need for the, uh, that need to uh, almost like cater to the fear of failure, because that's what perfectionism is. Perfectionism is just the fear of failure, the fear of getting it wrong. Sure. Um, and so if we, you know, if we 
decide to retire our need to cater to fear. I think that's lesson one on leadership. Because if no matter what, like leadership is scary, but just because it's scary doesn't need to mean that I need to listen to the fear all the time. And so, absolutely. And I, you know, I I mean, I think as long as you don't give in to that fear, you're fine, right? Because there's like bravery is doing things in spite of being scared. That's right. Right. That's it. Like, that's what we call courage. (laughs) Uh, It's not not being scared. That's called being a psycho. Uh, doing things in spite of being scared, we call courage, right? So, you know. That's right. And, and so, and think about this. What do people like to follow? People love to follow courage. Yeah, exactly. If they see it in other people, it inspires them. It inspires them. So I think, you know, you must first learn to lead yourself well before you can lead others. And part of leading yourself well is choosing um, when and when not to listen to fear. Because uh, fear can sometimes save your life, but fear most times, uh, that's what it's meant to do. It's meant to keep you safe. Right. But sometimes playing is safe all the time. Um, you know, usually it's like they say in sales, um, timid salespeople have skinny children. You know? Oh, wow. <laughs> I've never so, heard that. You know, you know like you, you <laughs> almost need to be, you got if you want to get, and this is what happens. Like it starts with you. It starts with you deciding to make changes in your life and then, as you start to notice that you're starting to make changes for yourself, other people will notice and then they'll start asking you questions. And then all you can do is share your honest experience with them. And without even knowing it, you are now creating influence. Yeah. You're not creating I, influence. I love that. Um, I absolutely, right. Obviously, I don't consider myself the greatest leader in the world. Uh, sure, yeah. But I've been put in leadership positions by, you know, nutrition or maybe just lack of available people. But uh, absolutely. I 100% agree that honesty is one of the key traits of a good leader. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily, that sounds so cliche, right? But I mean, you have to be honest 100% of the time, whether it's, hey, uh, allowing yourself to be honest enough to be vulnerable with your folks, um, but also providing honest feedback, whether that's, hey, great job today, Sally, you know, you met your quota, or hey, you suck, and this is why, right? Being that honest broker gives people, I don't know why, but it breeds that trust, right? Because at yeah. least they will always know they will get a straight answer. Yes. They, they know they may not like that answer, but they know they're going to get a straight one. And yeah. for whatever reason, that's always helped me out in the past. And and, and now that I'm leading a congregation, you know, I I um I have a lot of now, I have to now navigate um, deep, short, quick interactions. So I have to try to make connections. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think yeah. about that. Yeah, they, right? like they have, have to, to be extremely meaningful, life-saving in, conversations. Yes, within but, 30 seconds. Right. Within, within 30, 30 seconds. seconds. And so, hey, no so pressure. No pressure, right? No pressure. So the only way you could do that is to be honest. Like, yeah. that's the only way. Like, honesty is about, because it, number one, here's the other thing. Um, and I love that, Kev, I think I heard this from Kevin O'Leary. He said that I love telling the truth because never because then I never have to remember what I said. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yep. You know, and so yep. uh, usually, usually when people are, um, and Jesus had Jesus had something to say about this in the Sermon on the Mount. He told people, "Let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. Anything apart from that is from the devil." Ah. And so you know, yes. like this this idea of just like being very uh, being vulnerable with people, being honest with people. Um, you know, at a minimum. 
people may not always agree with what you're saying, but they'll at least respect because they know you're telling you're telling them something without a lie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's uh, got to count for something. It has to. It has yeah. to. And so um, it's it's uh, it's really you know one of the things that I have. You, you mentioned that I haven't had formal training, and you're right. You know, uh, there are plenty of people that have been to. Uh, leadership seminars that I've had formal training. I, I I didn't. I didn't have formal training. In fact, uh, you know, you and I have had conversations in the past. You know, a lot of conversations around this, mm-hmm. uh, around leadership, and you've been able to share some great points with me over the years. I appreciate that. Yeah, but but for you know, aside from that, that's pretty much it. Right. You know? Right. And that's and so no 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 disrespect whatsoever, but that's kind of why I have you here tonight. Cause I was like, I was thinking about him. Like, I gotta get Joel on the show. And I was like, yeah. What is he an expert in? And I was like, Wait, he's an expert in not being an expert. <laughs> However, don't don't take that the wrong way. You, no, listen, listen, you guys, listen to me. All right, bear with me for a second. Joel is a self-made man. All right, he is. I have watched this kid study well into the wee hours of the morning. All right, to put food on the table to get these certifications that now have made him a very respected uh, individual within the tech community of a very large IT firm, right? You started this church with, let's be honest, no qualifications. Like, you don't have a doctorate in theology. Nope. Uh, You just, it's literally, and this thing has, I've watched it grow and explode overnight. So obviously you're doing something right without any formal training. Right, and sure. that's really what I wanted to share with our audience this evening. So, uh, yeah, no, man, yeah, please go. go, go. And, yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up too because a lot of the same principles that um, I've been able to learn, or a lot of the same principles that I've, you know, that I've been following both in my ministry life has all, has also benefited my career um, and and like my professional life. So, Imagine that. you know, I, yeah, who, who knew, right? So, a lot of, um, for example, one of the great. I'm going I'm to tie this to my professional career in just a second. But one of the great examples that I have uh, in, in Jesus that I've learned is there was a verse, there was actually a passage in, in John chapter 13. It's one of my favorite passages of all time because uh, a lot of people kind of forget that Jesus was still just a man. Like, yes, he was God in the flesh, uh, according to our faith, but he was also a, a man. He was a human. Yeah, like a human. Even, and, yeah, even if you ignore the fact that maybe you don't believe he was God. Sure. He was still yeah. just a dude, just a dude with you some know? really high valued, very high values. Yes, and yeah. and think about this though. So this is and this is one of the things that I take with that I try my best, and I'm I'm nowhere near uh, perfect on this, but I try my best to take this example. It was John 13. It said that God, uh, Jesus, knowing that now God had put all things under His authority, so all things like time, space, atomic matter, uh, all things, human, human minds, human will, nature, nice. the sun, the moon, gravity. That's kind of what things. I try to do here. What's that? that that's kind of what I try to accomplish with this show. But no, no, I'm sorry. Continue. I'm sorry. Continue. Continue. World domination. Huh? Continue. So, continue. You know, he's got world domination handed to him on a silver platter, yeah. right? You know, John 13, knowing that all things are under his feet. And the, the very next passage says that he got up from the table. And he took off his robe and he put on a towel and began to wash his disciples' feet. Mm. So it was in the same moment that he could literally bend matter to his will. It was in the same moment that he could bend time to his will. 
that he could bend any any human to his will, that he could do whatever he wanted, and still dealing with the lusts and the cravings of, of no, normal mortal men. And yet, in that moment, he got up and began to serve. You know what? This is amazing. I'm so glad you brought that up. Okay. Um, because... In my opinion, right, my humble opinion, learning things kind of the same way that you have, I've just had longer time to figure it out, right? Sure. Because, sure. yeah, I got training on stuff, but that doesn't make you a leader. Uh, as we know, yeah. right, like standing yeah. in a chicken coop doesn't make you a fucking chicken, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like that's how that works, yeah, right? Oh, I've been to sure. these schools. That doesn't mean you know anything, right? Yeah. But sure. my number one Lesson learned, at least for me, through experience in leadership, is that to be a great leader, you have to be a great servant. Oh, right? man. But, and that, listen, look, man, I've heard, oh, servant leadership so much, but it is absolutely common sense when you break it down, right? And check it out. Follow me on this, okay? Yeah, sure. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. And like, no, listen, who are the greatest, what is the greatest Example of servant master relationship, right? We got a couple in couple in day to day life that people can follow, right? In sure. my for me, first things that come to mind is my dog and me, right? Yeah, yeah, it's great, right? Or or let's say like mother and baby, right? Mm -hmm. This baby, let's be honest, is useless. Like you have kids. They are absolutely worthless. And follow me on this, okay? They're <laughs> worthless. They they don't they don't pay rent. They don't have jobs. Yeah. They don't help you drive. They right. can't get you, hey man, I feel sick. Can you run to the store and get my meds? You're not gonna tell it to your child. However, comma, you are their leader. Right? Oh wow. Yeah. That father, that mother, that head of the household is the leader of that child. But how do you lead this child? If it's done correctly, you are a servant to them. Yes. A literal servant. Yes. You serve them their food. You bathe yes. them. You take them to the doctor. You administer their medicine in God knows what orifice, right? It could be. Right. Hopefully it's orally, right? right? Sure. You do things. You wipe a child's butt after it freaking goes to the bathroom. Like what else is there? What other hum more humbling experience is there than to wipe a human being's ass, right? Yeah, because they can't do it for themselves. But you're right. in charge. You're the father, <laughs> right? Doesn't like, feel like that sometimes. Absolutely, <laughs> right? It look, feels like they're in charge. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you're in charge. But however, you are yes. literally wiping this baby's ass. Yes. Right? Yes. Same thing with a pet, right? Yes. This this dog, this cat, whatever it is, you are their master yeah. by the law of the jungle. But yet, what do you do? You go, you buy them food, you feed them, you pour the freaking food into their bowl. You make sure they have water. You do. You are the master. Why am I carving out food, freaking pouring food out of a freaking dog food can into this dog's bowl? Yep. It should be the other way around, right? At least yep. in our minds, that's how it should be. Sure. So I love the fact that you brought that up because 
that is the number one lesson I have I have I have learned through trial and error is like if you want to be a great leader, you absolutely must be a great servant. And and not only just a great servant, but you must train others to do so as well. Absolutely. So if, if absolutely. You start, if the servant starts training more servants and those servants train more servants. Now you're a now, force multiplier. Now you're a force multiplier. Now now you are a force to be reckoned with. Absolutely. You know, because at the end of the day, uh, people have needs. Yep. People have needs. And if you can find a way to help people's needs be met, um, you know, in our case, you know, with whether, so in my professional career, there was a, there's a huge need for bridging the gap between uh, technology specialists and, and sales professionals. Okay. So there's, there's this huge gap in my, like in my professional tech. Technology yeah. Cause space. nerds are not salesmen. And salesmen are not nerds. Right. And so there's this massive gap between the two. And that's how it's just, just how it is, unfortunately, in technology. And then what the person, the, the, the party that suffers the most between that gap of engineer and sales professional is the client. Mm. The customer suffers the most because yeah. the customer has a, a need and they're trying to talk to a salesperson. And the salesperson is just trying to swoon and you know, try and win the customer. Manipulate them. With, right, with personality right. and charm. Right. But that's not solving the problem. And then you have, on the other hand, you have a, an engineer that has the technology. So, like, they actually have the answer, the key, but they're terrible communicators a lot of the time. Not all the time. Right. But a lot of the time, they're not skilled communicators. And so that even if the, even if the engineer had the, the solution to the problem, the customer will never know it because that communication track never gets built. Sure. So, so that space between engineer and salesperson is where I decided to fit myself in my professional career, I, honestly, to help customers, to help them, just to help. Like I, 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 I made it my goal to try and fill a gap somewhere. And, um, you know, I'm, I've been handsomely paid for it. I'm in a, you know, right now I'm probably in uh, somewhere in the top, you know, 10 to 10 to 8%, something like that of incomes in Florida. Um, and I do it, but I do it, even though I've been rewarded and I'm, and I'm enjoying the fruits of the labor, that doesn't mean that it, it, the mission is any different. The mission is to help. The right. mission is to help fill the need. And yeah. so, you know, and, and, um, you know, if you, if you just, you know, look at, uh, again, I, I don't have professional training, but I keep looking, all, all I can do is look at the example of Christ and try to apply it to my life wherever I can. And if you think about Jesus at the end of the day, you know, um, sure, Jesus had all these great sermons. Sure, he had all these great teachings. But when he was teaching his disciples, when he, especially when he sent them out, he said, hey, when you go out, like he didn't give his disciples a lot of instruction on when he was going to send them out for the first time. It's my kind he of guy. Said, you know what I mean? He just yeah. said, go out, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, uh, cast out demons, and give freely, as you've been freely given, give to others. Like, be nice. That's, be, <laughs> That's it. You know what I mean? And yeah. at the time, that there's a, like, a lot of sick people. There's no doctor's offices. There was no... No, absolutely. I mean? so, like, We're talking about like, hey, hey, man, John got a fever. Like, ooh. Ooh, that means death, Damn. basically. Like, I mean, I mean, he die. made he yeah. made it 19 years. Let's be honest. Sure. Exactly. Life expectancy yeah. at the time yeah. was like 30, bro. Right, yeah, absolutely. You know? so, so, so at the end of the day, I, you know, it's it's about meeting people's needs. And if you could have, so let's bring this all back to leadership. You mentioned leadership. Yeah. Um, people have needs. Clients have needs. Customers have needs. Employees have needs. Employers have needs. And so if you could just be busy 
helping fill the need and serving others along the way. It's impossible to fail in life. It's impossible. Um, it's like, I, like I, it. I don't know. Like, it just if you see the need and you jump to try and fill it, and then you get really good at filling that need for others, and you start training others to do it. I, I mean, I don't know in what any area that the, that exists in commerce, in economies, in, in humanity, in, in humanity, where you'll fail. Yeah, no, I love where you'll it, fail. No, I appreciate it. that's that's it, right? I mean, at the end that's of the day, it. and this is why I invited you to be on the show, right? Yeah. When I when I first started this thing, you know, and I, I'll wrap up with this. Because sure. I know we're getting close to the time. But, uh, you know, I first started this. I, I started this podcast against my wishes. Um, you know, I don't like talking and I don't like talking to people, which are two th- things that are a little counterproductive when it comes to making a podcast. But, indeed, indeed. Uh, but I noticed and I realized and I was like, you know, there's there, there I don't know if you know this. There are over 800,000 podcasts out there right now. Wow, actually, that, that, actually that was, that's when I started. That was a year ago. So who knows where we're at now? We might be at well over a million, right? So I'm like, sure. I'm not, I'm not the guy that's trying to continue and just be another statistic. But I saw there was a, a gap, if you will. Yeah, there was a lot of very niche podcasts. But then I started looking at it. Right? I'm like, okay, what is my, what am I trying to get out here? Like, well, success. Everyone wants to be successful cool but then i started looking at different people from different industries whether they're athletes you know generals freaking cooks teachers lawyers bankers navy it doesn't matter right traits are the same and you have literally proven tonight that a person can be an effective leader they can be a caring leader they can be you can literally go from it professional to pastor, right? Why? Mm-hmm. Because you are a prime example that it boils down to the traits, habits, and priorities that a person has. Yep. And that's it. Yes. That's, that's it. it, right? What are your priorities? If your priority is to sleep in every single day, yeah. eat, eat like crap, not work out, mm-hmm. not care mm-hmm. about people, uh, and, and just care about yourself, well, congratulations. You're going to live a very short, shitty life. But if you open your aperture a little bit, right, as you have, like you say, right, you're going back and forth between IT and pastor. Like, but why? Because the traits are the same. The habits are the same. The priorities are the same. That's right. You just freaking keep people at the top of your priority list. Like you said, I don't see how you could fail. Because no matter what happens at the end of the day, when you're sitting on your deathbed, you'll be like, you know what? I didn't make a lot of money. Or maybe I did, or what have you, but I took care of people. Yes. That's it. That's it. That is leadership 101, taking care of people. That's it. Yeah. It's that yeah. simple. I am not a smart man. I'm a simple man with a simple brain. So I try to keep things simple. You take care of people in a leadership position. You use your position to help them. Yes. Right? Because... I can tell you what, one, another thing I've learned, and I'll end with this, is the second a person becomes more in love with their title than taking care of their people, they're no oh longer fit to lead. Oh, my gosh. So true. Regardless of the industry. Right? So true. That's it. That's so, it. Like you said, if you keep people at the top of your priority list, how could you fail?
He can't. Right. That's yeah. it. So, hey, Joel, thank you so much for being on the show, man. It really means a lot. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day uh, to, sh- to share some words of wisdom with us, uh, Pastor. Sure. But, uh, yeah, if you got anything else, uh, I'll hand it over to you. Honestly, Mo, um, I hope this isn't the last time. I hope you call me back on, on the show. I love being here. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really a fan this of This will definitely not be the last, yeah, last one, I yeah. promise. And, and uh, you know, so those who are listening out there, you know, uh, you may not feel right now that, you know, you're leading anything, but that's just not true. It's not true. You could you could be the best at whatever it is you're doing right now and start there. And, and as long as you find someone else, if you can find someone else who's worse off than you are and try to make their day a little bit better, you just became a leader. You just became a leader. So I love it. Uh, yeah, thank you, Mo. Right, thank it. you, everyone. Thank you for listening. And also, I would be one last thing. I'd be remiss to not mention. Um, I'm not sponsored. That hasn't changed. So I'm not paid to do this. Okay. However, we do have. Uh, we are now up and running. Beerandbayonets.com. So if you guys hit up the website, we have a bunch of. We have it was donated actually by. <laughs> Another great humanitarian, uh, Mike Nolan. I know he doesn't like recognition, but uh, he completely donated everything to to the cause. If you guys go there, just understand, we got a bunch of cool merch. We got beer mugs and hoodies and sweatpants and all kinds of crap. Uh, but anything that you buy, 100% of the proceeds will be donated, and that will continue on. This is not a holiday thing. This is not a... Oh, in the spirit of the of Christmas, the 100% of the proceeds that are generated from the store will be donated to a local homeless shelter here in my area uh, that happens to house the largest population of uh, homeless veterans in the area. So please go consider maybe supporting and checking it out, beerandbayonets.com. Uh, but thank you, Pastor Joel, once again. Thanks, Kimbo. Until next time.